0: Uh, I'm getting sort of, this sort of rickshaw. What? I mean, it sounds like a train. Sounds like a train. Yeah, Look,
1: like, I'm, I'm getting the sound, the feeling of like, okay, am I in a rickshaw? Like, auto, sort of, auto rickshaw. Yeah, auto rickshaw.
0: Well, that, that's, that's, that makes us a, an, an almost unusual intro for this show, because is it a rickshaw? Is it a train? No, or it's is it a clock? It's a You've really just ruined my intro there, guys. Thank you very much. I was gonna say it's incongruent <laughs>
1: seasons, episode six. <laughs>
0: well done. Okay, everybody, thank you for tuning in to our sixth episode. My name is Steve. I'm here with Arjun and Dan, who gave us our wonderful intro today. Uh, we also have Zainab, Hashim, and Imna, and we hope Samira will be joining us later on. Um, we're gonna be talking today about reading and reading and yes we've all got our books uh that we're going to talk through our our reading lists um and we have a variety of different fun topics to go through i i think what i want to start with however is who wants to go first hashim well done okay so hashim will go first he's going to talk to us what's your book hashim
2: it's called the, the Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. Okay. What's that about? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a book published in 1963. It was published actually after the, the author's suicide, a month after that. And it's a fiction novel, but it's so autobiographical. It's known as being the novel that's extremely autobiographical. And it became somewhat of a classic over the years.
0: Okay. And so, what's the plot? What's the story? Uh, how does I it want to go? <laughs> tell us about the book. <laughs> it's, okay. it's,
2: it's 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 basically the the account of a really young woman that graduated the uh, university, and she got a grant to go work for a magazine as a publication because she's she's a poet. In university, she was a poet, and then she gets a grant to go to New York, and she's a city girl. So she, she goes on to New York, New Frontiers, and she finds the, the loud chaos of the city. And through all of that, she's going through mild or deep depression. So by the end of the novel, we, we see her getting the uh, electrocuted treatment for her depression. And it's the 60s, so it's also a, a critique of the mental health state of the, uh, of the, of the health institutions and by the end of the novel we start to see how she can go back and forth between her depressive state and as a young woman who's a writer and she she talks about how all her different future paths are dying one by one the older th- she gets during that time in new york wow why did you choose that particular book i i read it a year ago i found it i was looking for it a year ago and then i read it and then i didn't read it again but last week i uh, i gave it a read through again it's i don't know i because i I bought it when i was in high school and if it, it was one of those books that was sort of a, a self-discovery or finding your own voice or something like that and it really it really spoke to me on on those notes because she's a she's also a really young student and she was also going through issues and problems and she talks about them with how can it's with such a tremendous detail because she's a poet honestly She's a poet to begin with. So how she described them is very, very close to what a lot of adolescents are feeling in that time. So I really liked it, yeah.
0: So do you also like uh, the Paulo Coelho books as well? Have you ever tried those?
2: I, yeah, yeah, Paulo Coelho is uh, really nice. I, I like him, but I don't like that he's so famous that he became a, not a classic, but he became trendy. I don't like trendy people. But, but, but I really liked his Alchemist and uh, Breeder.
0: I, I, I'm not sure whether
2: that's uh, a
0: jibe in, in disguise there again, just as, as we seem to be your good friends. <laughs> so does that mean we're not trendy? No, uh, we are. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, that, that, that's a, that's a great way of starting us off there with a, with a nice autobiographical uh, book. Um, let, let's change things up a little bit, Dan. I, let's talk about comics.
3: Okay, so um, the comic that I'm going to talk about is called Nobilis, and it's a webtoon that is the Korean comics, which is also called as manhwa. And it's by uh, Sun Jae-ho and illustrated by Lee Kong soo if I'm not wrong. And it was, I think it was posted on 30th December 2007, and it concluded on um, 2019, I think January. so. It's based on these two characters called Kharis, De Divizel, that's one name, and Frankenstein, where Rai is a vampire that has woken up from sleeping after 820 years. And he starts a new life as a high school student founded by his loyal servant, that is Frankenstein. So um, his peaceful days with other students are interrupted when um, they come along with mysterious attackers called the Union. And you have new uh, different characters that you first hate, but then come to love because the author has just made it flow from having the bad characters become normal, good people or just, they they make them lovable. And this, like the genre for this um, book would be action, comedy, mystery, and supernatural and lack of romance, since I prefer books that do not have a lot of romance.
0: So, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and uh, is this the kind of comic that you, you enjoy to read? Is sort of Oriental type of... Is it, is it manga? Would it be cast as manga?
3: Yeah. I mean, it actually is manga, but in Korean um, language, they say manhua, because manga is Japanese.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you, you also have learned Japanese. We learned that a couple of weeks ago. And so now you're into Korean mm-hmm. as well. So you, you've got this whole fascination for this part of the world.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I genuinely like reading other books rather than just the normal English-based ones that I've read a lot. I've, I I read a lot of horror and teen lit books, but I got bored with it, so I started going on with um comics and manga, manhwa and a lot of other things cuz I don't read a lot of romance nowadays since everything in the recent books are very cliché for some reason, it's always the guy who finds out the girl is either a nerdy person and they fall in love. And I'm just like, why? That's, it's there in every base teen lit book ever. So I started reading more of fantasy because I enjoy having this thrill of being one, one of the characters and feeling as if I'm the one of them. And it just, it's, it's kind of fun since you connect to the book and you have fun reading it.
0: No, I, I get that. I'm currently, read, I, I read a, a variety of teen lit books myself. I think it's quite, um, it, it's quite insightful into the minds of, of, of you lot and our students. Uh, I've gone through the entire Percy Jackson season, uh, everything, oh, oh. Egyptians and the Romans. Um, I have also gone through the Vampire Academy.
3: Oh, Oh, I'm aware of that. It's a, it's a, it's a nice book. That yeah, it was interesting.
0: Yeah. So I've gone through all of the all of this kind of stuff. But uh, the comics that I'm I got back. I love comics. I love comics. I love comics galore. I'm a very fan of Marvel and of of Batman uh, type of stuff. And I'm I'm always reading up on Quora, uh, everything to do with Marvel mm. and DC. Um, but the comic that I've g- enjoyed and got me back into it is the uh, Miss Marvel, uh, which is uh, the first. A Muslim character to have a, a lead role and uh, she, uh, her position as a, as a she's a, a an American Pakistani uh, based in New York uh, and so she has to struggle with the whole aspect of being also an inhuman who is somehow turned into this stretchy hero and has to fight crime at the same time uh, cope with the family stresses that she has. So I, I found that a very entertaining and well worthwhile uh, comic graphic novel to, to enjoy. I find a lot of these youth books have a lot of secret knowledge embedded within them. There's a lot of layers, uh, and uh, I, I really find that much more entertaining than the uh, Tom Clancy or... Uh, uh, the, 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 the Chris Ryan type of, of, of military books that, that are out there, which, which will, would perhaps be more targeted at my demographic, maybe. Um, so thanks, Dan. Uh, you mentioned romance, which gives us a lovely, lovely uh, tie-up into the review of the romantic novel. And so we've got Arjun who's going to talk to us about, about this subject. Go for it, Arjun.
1: Okay. So I'm going to talk about the particular book, Rosie Result* by Graham Simpson, the third and the final sequel, uh, the, Don, the Don Tillman franchise. So the first book, which the Rosie project that basically introduces uh, the main lead role of our person, that's uh, Don Tillman. Okay. So he's an autistic scientist. Okay. Okay. So uh, in Rosie Project, they were actually talking about a socially challenged genetic professor who sets to find out a life partner by uh, that scientifically. Like he keeps like a 16-page checklist and checks, uh, and he do check like, okay, is she good? Is she not good? And finally, he ends up with a person who is not meeting his criteria, but he got so attracted. Okay. Uh, and they marry, and all these happens in the city of Australia. Sorry, in the city of Melbourne, in Australia. My bad. Uh, so that is with Rosie Project. Then we have the Rosie Effect, where Rosie becomes pregnant, and uh, Dawn is not ready to accept fatherhood, and they move to New York, from Melbourne to New York, from one extent to the other extent. So Rosie result actually uh, has a new character in that like their son Hudson. What actually happens is that the family moves back to Melbourne from New York, okay? And the son isn't accepting, he's like, I don't wanna go, I don't want to leave New York. And forcefully, he's taken to Melbourne, like they are settling back, when he admits into schools in Melbourne, faces issue with his school and friends, like teachers like him, like the teachers are saying, but academically he is so good, but socially he's very backwards. And our good, nice autistic scientist, Don Tillman, first brought out, like, the rosy, as he brought out the rosy result, he did something similar for Hudson also. He brought out something called as the Hudson Projects, okay? So with the, Hudson, with the Hudson Project, he's, like, he's, again, scientifically trying to find out what is his interest and all those. But towards uh, a certain point, Hudson starts teaching his dad so much things. Like, the play just goes upside down. So technically, it's sort of a very fiction. So it's like a a modern American fiction as a genre to be mentioned. But according to the author, he says it's a romantic comedy. But at certain points, I do.
0: So why did you pick it up? Why Why did you choose this particular book?
1: Okay. So, um, since we had over here, the Emirates Festival of Literature, uh-huh. I got to meet the author in person. Like so. Okay. He, he's a very nice guy actually speaking like he, like normally it's like we stand for getting a photograph. He's like, come bro, come, we'll take a picture. That's sort of an attitude. This guy has like, I pretty much enjoyed That's why I was like, even though thousands of authors came in, I just bought this particular book. Right. So that sort of a mentality came in and, okay, this is like uh, one of, he signed this very book also for me. So oh. I was like, okay, I was pretty much, okay, what I was have it, to read this.
0: What, what was it like to meet the author? Is it amazing? Or now, now what would you say to him now? If you had to go, if you had to see him back again, you, you've seen him once, you've read all of his books, which is a great Compliment to him, I think, in in his own right, He'd be very happy with that. What would you, what would you say? How would you change the book if you if you had to? Well, what would you? What, what would you what would you say to him?
1: That is a multi million dollar question.
0: I'm not paying you anything for so, it. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's but I'll give you a donut. <laughs> it's a donut question.
1: Yeah, there is not too much of paragraphs. Like okay, if I'm reading like a normal fiction, it'll be like okay, that will be paragraph, 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 paragraph. This is like paragraph dialogue, paragraph dialogue, paragraph dialogue. So I was like, I pretty much enjoyed that sort of uh, layout, which uh, I liked because, like, because it actually brought little life into the story, which I would literally go and tell her. I'm like, I literally love the way how you write and how you bring that on. Great, wonderful. Do you, do you have a recording of that interview? No, nope, unfortunately, no. Oh no,
0: We could have used it as an add-on to our show. would have been really useful. Anyway, never mind. All right, well, thank you, Arjun, for that. That's a very, very nice talk of a, of a novel. I, I can't confess to have ever read a romantic novel myself. Um, I might be allergic to the whole concept, but I'm glad that, I'm glad that someone did. and I'm, I'm glad that it was you. Well done. All right, uh, we're going to go on to something a little bit more uh, serious now. So, Zainab, uh, I think you have a business book that you want to talk to us about. I do like business books. I've right. read quite a few of them. Um, I, I've read uh, the, the Laws of Power, uh, The success, Secrets of Success, and all of this kind of books. Uh, I'm very much into b- good business books. So tell us, what do you got? Um,
4: firstly, I think I'd begin by saying that I won't call this a business business book because it doesn't teach you business ethics and things like that. But it's more of a self help book that I am reading, and it's pretty much helping me too. So, um, this book uh, was published more and more than um, I'm not sure like decades back, honestly, and um, you know it's still it's still so popular. What is the and, book? And the way, oh uh, sorry, it's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, and I think it still lives on to the twenty first century. And um, you know, well, I'll tell you what this book is about a little bit. Um, he begins. Uh, by just saying that you can go after any job that you want and get it you can take the job that you have and improve it so in a bubble it's more like you can pick up any situation in your life and make it work for you and this book especially is such a rock solid um, and timeless piece uh, you know um, packed with advice and um, you know, it's, it's like a constant ladder uh, of success for people in their business and personal lives. Um, and very personally, um, I've read more than, I think, three or four other business and self-help books. None of them have had an impact on me like this one. I've read like a couple of chapters of other books, um, namely What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Uh-huh. You know, it really intrigued me when I saw it up in the library. I'm like, I want this book. But I read, like, the first two chapters and it didn't do anything to me. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about, you know, in the book?
0: Still no friends um, after two chapters?
4: No, no, I'm talking about the other book.
0: Oh, right. sorry, <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs>
4: I, I'm telling you why I picked this book and not anything else. Uh, so, you know, in, in the, like, the preface of the book, uh, Dale mentions that... If by the time you have finished reading the first three chapters of this book and if you aren't a little better equipped to meet life's situations, then I shall consider this book to be a total failure so far as you are concerned. And I'm like, what? I want to challenge this guy. <laughs> and I think I'm more than halfway through the book uh, and not large. Um, improvisations or anything. But there are very um, minute things that I felt that changed in me.
0: Like what? Um, give, give, la- give some examples. And,
4: right. So the last chapter I was reading was um, about how to win any argument. And I was like, that is fairly impossible in my house. And when, when I read it, he says, don't argue. And I'm like, wait, is that a point? Like, what do you mean? He's like, whenever an argument comes up, avoid it. And that's how you're won, you know. Just don't have an argument in the first place. And even if you do, and you think that you have won, you just strengthen the other person's um, you know, opinions and make him feel much more powerful that I will never listen to anybody again. And if you think in your head that you've won the argument, you haven't. You might have won like a verbal um, argument but that person will never be convinced and you might feel some some sort of guilt because you made that other person lose face you know they didn't feel too good about themselves and then how are you supposed to win it so he's just like leave all that aside that's too philosophical just understand that to win any argument you need to avoid it and then i tried and you know it works
0: that sounds very interesting um we should we should i need to find something to have an argument with you about and just to see this in motion
4: (laughs) but i think his his methods are very simple like there's one that literally just says always smile and i'm like why if i'm not happy about something why am i supposed to smile and he's like you will win so many hearts like that you have no idea and you know, when you go through the chapter, you understand why he asks you to do very basic things that we forget on a, on a, on a daily level. And if we just implement those, we're fine. You know,
0: we probably I, don't
4: even need such a books.
0: I, I like this guy. We should make it mandatory reading for everyone. No one is allowed to argue with me, and everyone <laughs> must smile. <laughs> that would make my life so much better. Maybe or not. I mean, I look- if
4: you want to get it like that, it still works. See. You think you won't have an argument with anybody and you always smile. And so people are just going to be happy with you. And it's fine, you know.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, so, a, that's awesome. So it's what, really cool. what the, what, So uh, any other books? What's, what's next on your reading list then? You've, you've read this gentleman's book. What's, what's next, do you think? Have you, is he, have you got anything or are you still only halfway through and you've got a long way to go?
4: Uh, I'm almost done with it. But towards the end, there's like this notes section that I have to fill up. He says, you know, you have to, you know, um, right after the introduction, he asks you to um, make like a list of everything that you've learned and everything. And he asks, um, sorry, he teaches us how to use the book. So I think I'm going to do a little of that and see how I've improved. Uh, And after that, I'm jumping on to a new genre, probably romantic. I think I love it. So um no not like not like a three series but probably just one book that will you know give me something new just like uh dan said i don't want the guy gets the girl and they fall in love and blah blah because it's it's the same old so probably a, a twist to romantic i haven't found my book yet but <laughs> i'm on my way <laughs>
0: Well, well, good luck in, in in your reflection in that respect. Uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 if I think of any, I will I will come up with any. But as I said, it's not my not my not my not my not my not my mastermind topic. Um, try Twilight.
2: Oh, thank you. No, I
0: know I that that was the books were awful. <laughs> they were they were really bad. Uh, okay, that's that, that, brilliant. Well, from self help onto more of a spiritual help, maybe. Imna, uh, you've been looking at a completely different category of books.
5: Yeah, I have. I think I should start off by saying that I'm not a book reader at all. Um, and by this, I mean I'm absolutely fascinated by books. I think, like, whenever I see book readers, um, and they you know get to talk about like how much they love books and things like that, I get really jealous. Um, because I do love books, I love the covers, um, and I get like, I always get like so far as to, you know, reading the first chapter maximum, and then for some reason I just stop. And I can't tell you that it's because I don't enjoy the book because like, if I actually make the commitment to sit down with the book and I read it, I find that I could spend like hours at a stretch just so immersed in the book and really enjoying it. Um, But I think for me, it's more of just like a commitment issue. I found that issue really being tackled this summer um, and also even um, right before the summer actually, so before the whole pandemic had settled in, I began to read um, Christian books with other Christians Mm. Um, and so I had uh, people from my church that were helping me out, Um, they were like, hey, listen, you know, being a good reader actually like really changes your life. Um, And I was like, yeah, you know, but I'm lazy, but I'm this. And I was making so many excuses. And then um, people had to sit me down. Some people gave me books. um, And there was a friend I was meeting every other week. We would go to a coffee shop. We'd sit down, we'd order something, and we'd go chapter by chapter. um, And we would talk about it after we were done. And I found that really, really helped me. And I got to see just how much I was actually missing out by missing out on books. Um, And this summer, I signed up for a course, um, and it's how to read and study the Bible is the name of the course. Um, And so I signed up for it just because it was a free course, and it otherwise costed a lot of money, and they were doing it free because of the coronavirus, and they just wanted to encourage people. um, And, you know, people have a lot of time now, and they wanted um, to encourage them to spend time, invest in something spiritually. Um, And so I was like, okay, this is a great opportunity. I signed up for it. Um, Little did I know we would have a lot of homework every week and homework consisted of reading like 94 pages per PDF and sometimes there would be like three PDFs and like apart from that, I would have to like write things and because they all had deadlines, I actually would force myself to sit down and read. Um, And by doing that, I sort of like made it a practice of reading and now I actually can read my Bible, no problem. Um, I, they even recommended like this reading plan so I have like chapters to like check out per day and things like that. Um, and so it's, it's just been really helping me keeping track of what I'm reading. And I can say that I'm re- really learning a lot. So I'm really happy I did it. I'm happy I signed up. And I think for all my non-readers out there, you just really need to sort of discipline yourself to take those first few hard steps of sitting down with books and then eventually Um, you can become a reader because, you know, people just say that maybe books aren't for me, but that's not the case. I think books are for everyone. Um, You just need to be able to train yourself to sit down and have that mental capacity to commit to a book.
0: Uh, That's interesting because two of you there have talked about uh, needing instructions on how to deal with books. And I think perhaps in today, uh, because we have so much electronics that we we actually uh, perhaps don't, we don't encounter books as much, and I'd be very interested to see what happens after Corona uh, with, the, with books not being shared as much. Uh, I'd be interested to see how, how that all, all transpires, we'll be, be more on the Kindles and on this, the e-books and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I, I have uh, a couple of things that go into that. I have my own coloring Bible, so that as you read you can color. Uh, which is which is oh, uh, which is what? an alternative, uh, which is an alternative way of doing that. Which is quite nice because you know that you have the nice calligraphy that you have, so you can you can actually uh-huh. colour in your own piece. So that's what I have there. Um, uh, do, does anyone have a, a final thing that they would like to contribute uh, on the back of the books? What book you might be picking up next, or advice for people? Uh, ebooks are
2: unreadable. You gotta get paperback. Really? You have to have it in your hand. That's a very.
3: Yeah,
1: nice. I agree. <laughs>
2: Okay. nothing compares to, to a physical book in your hand, that you can write down in the middle of the pages, or doodle, what happened to doodle? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> like, um, like, my current sister has a Kindle, so actually I use her Kindle sometimes to read.
0: Uh, I think for me, the ebooks are really helpful, because I can zoom in, <laughs> I can make the letters bigger, <laughs> and I can read. Yeah. And the the, the the physical books now are a little bit, you know, they they're, they're a little bit harder.
5: And a piece of advice that I got from my course really was that, like, if you want to start becoming an actual avid reader, then you would probably have to quit, like, you know, these little bits of digital reading that we do every day, just randomly, like reading through captions on Instagram, and just like reading through like a lot of like, online traffic that honestly isn't helpful for you. And because you spend so much time, um, Um, you know, training your brain to get used to these little digital pieces of information that you see online a lot, it's much harder for you to sit down with, you know, an actual physical book. Um, And so I made it a point to stop um, reading as much as I did before on like little, you know, bits of nonsense on like social media and things like that. And it actually really, really worked for me. So I think that it's going to be like, you know, um it's something that people don't really think about because we just you know get on our phones and we're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and then it's just kind of like this abyss that we get lost in um but it's actually doing us more damage than good
0: all right everyone uh, i'm going to wrap up there so that was the sixth episode and have a little cheer if we can <laughs>
3: that's,
0: that's- as, uh, Hashim, Hashim, your 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 baritone is obvious in its absence. Yeah, okay, fine. All right, so next week we'll see everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to the team. Thank you, Ajun, Dan, Zainab, Hashim, Imna, and hopefully thank you, Samira, if you send it through. And uh, we'll catch everyone up next week. Thank you. Thank you.
6: Lately, I've been trying to get back into studying the art of literature. And for the past month, I have been reading and analyzing a crucial piece of American literature, an autobiography titled, A Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, an American Slave. Frederick Douglass was an American social reformer, abolitionist, orator, writer, and statesman in the 1800s. He was a firm believer in the equality of all people, regardless of their race, gender or their place in society. He also strongly believed in dialogue and in making alliances across racial and ideological divides. Taking into consideration recent events, the importance of education and awareness has been amplified. Reading his book and immersing myself in the attempt to understand Black history and then comparing it to our modern world has been eye-opening. And I truly believe that the power of knowledge can help curate action that will result in powerful and positive outcomes for the Black community. So read as much as you can, because you can never be educated enough.